Hi, uh, greetings from Namibia. Um, my name is Sean Whitaker. I am here with a comrade. Uh, I'll uh, let him say something. My name is Harry Busak, and also greetings from Namibia. We have been involved in left-wing politics for a long time but we've had the Marxist group for about a decade now and uh, we are at this point uh, not a party, not a political party, just a small group of organic intellectuals. Um, we certainly hope in the long term that we could, within Namibia at least, form a mass workers party that would obviously need to have links with uh, definitely the working class in South Africa and hopefully working classes in Southern Africa at least. But that's a long-term plan. Certainly in Namibia, the political climate is changing and there is increasingly space for a clear left-wing project. Obviously, it would have to be a workers, a workers' party that would be different from what existed in the Soviet Union and to a certain extent also what is existing in Brazil at this point, the Brazilian Workers' Party. Uh, we, we for, with regards to the Workers' Party that existed in the former Soviet Union, we certainly would want a Workers' Party that would have internal democracy, that you would have the right to different factions, for example, and that we would need to have the independence of the mass organizations, you know, like uh, student organizations, women's organizations, civic organizations that would be an important part of a democratic culture. Um, there are many political positions that we have on various kinds of issues. Certainly the main issue for us is unemployment. A uh, country like Namibia in the global south has um, a very high unemployment rate. Amongst young people in Namibia, we have something like a 60% unemployment rate. So that definitely for us is the main political issue. And of course, with neoliberal capitalism, that is the main issue all over the world. So in terms of a political demand, the right to work is very important to us uh, in terms of job creation, job sharing, the formation of cooperatives. Uh, you know, one would have to find ways of addressing unemployment. Second issue, of course, is housing. You know, with uh, the commodification of housing, you know, housing has become unaffordable. Uh, it's a massive crisis all over the world. In Namibia, certainly, we have half of the population living in shacks. Um, so it would have to be an important political demand for the left wing as well. Uh, if you remember in the Soviet Union, housing was only 6% of people's income, which was certainly one of the successes of the Soviet Union. Uh, in Namibia, of course, due to colonialism, the land question is crucial. We would need to have, you know, uh, the nationalization, especially of fertile land. In, a, in an arid country like Namibia, you know, we, we have very little fertile land. 
and that uh, a fertile land would have to be used for food production to make food sovereignty uh, food sovereignty possible. Um, obviously, small-scale farming using agroecological methods, um, and of course, I mean the farming sector certainly should not be nationalized. It should be run by small-scale farmers uh, in the service of uh, food production for, for the nation. Um, the ecological crisis, absolutely a massive issue. All Once again, in an arid country like Namibia, we are certainly fully uh, opposed to the use of fossil fuels. We ideally should, you know, have solar power, um, you know, we need in a hot country like Namibia very energy efficient cooling devices. Um, we are certainly also worried about rising sea levels. The city of Walfish Bay is a low lying city and would be one of the first cities, you know, that would be in trouble in terms of rising sea levels. And certainly for us, it is so important to build sea walls to protect the city, for example. You know, so there are many important demands that the left should be raising all over the world. Um, Namibia, as you know, uh, emerged from colonialism about, you know, 30 years ago. But of course, we are still dealing with you know, the, the, the terrible legacy of, of more than 100 years of colonialism. And certainly neo-colonialism has not really made any real development for, the, for working people possible. There's certainly no transfer of wealth. The people who colonize the country still have all the wealth. And of course, the neoliberal approach of the Swapo government has only worsened issues. You know, as you know, you know, neoliberal policies like privatization, public sector cuts, deregulation of the financial sector, those are, of course, policies that are implemented in the US and, and all over, and it's been a total disaster for working people. So it's, it's very important for the left wing to struggle against these austerity measures and to raise that issue. I think that's one of the, the, the defining issues of the left wing today is to come out strongly against austerity measures. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if comrade, but okay. So the other issue in terms of SWAPO, we've had 32 years of the SWAPO government. Um, it's been a disaster for the Namibian people. We've had massive corruption. Uh, we've had worsening unemployment. We've had worsening homelessness. Um, so it's been a real disaster. You know, this Swapo government came into power with, you know, they agreed to neoliberal policies uh, when they negotiated with, 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 you know, with imperialism. And, and of course, things have only fallen apart due to that. So um, at this stage, of course, this government is totally discredited because of the corruption. There was massive corruption, especially in the fishing industry. Um, and the people have really had enough of this government. And we certainly are hopeful that when we have elections in two years, that we would have a new government or government of national unity. Uh, the issue of the war crimes committed by Swapo in exile must also still be addressed at some point. Um, some of the other issues you raised, China, 
look for us you know uh, the chinese people are not our enemies uh, china is not for us a colonial power compared to what these western countries have done in the global south um, yes of course you know we we are not in support of the chinese communist party the stalinist party um, we are you know cognizant of the tiananmen square massacre that took place it was really the chinese youth rising up against neoliberal policies in china that's really what the tiananmen massacre was all about uh, for us you know it's even here in namibia you know the ruling elite speak about you know the socialism with chinese characteristics you know but of course uh, socialism cannot be built in one country only uh, there's it's, it's very much about chinese nationalist sentiment um, so we don't believe that you have socialism in china but of course it's also not classical capitalism it's 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 you know some transitional economic situation a transitional economic situation between capitalism and socialism but if you look at it objectively around 70% of industry in china is is private capital you know so it's certainly not socialist in that sense and of course you know the system is undemocratic and therefore inefficient um with regards to the former Soviet Union, we also don't think it was socialist. It was also very bureaucratic and therefore inefficient in terms of production. Uh, invested too much in heavy industries, um, saw the overproduction of producer goods. Um, but in the end, of course, if you don't have a democratic system, it's difficult to incentivize work the working class. It's difficult to motivate people to be productive. And today, of course, you can see that Russia is an economic disaster for the population. It's really an, an, a capitalist system that is disintegrating. Uh, we certainly think Yugoslavia, for example, was an, an important example in terms of market socialism. Um, our view is that we agree with the Polish economist Oskar Langer that, um, you know, yes, you need to nationalize big business, you know, you need to uh, put it under the democratic ownership and, and management of the working class. Um, but, you know, big business definitely is, is at this point an obstacle to further development, it's an obstacle to innovation, uh, because the, the, the focus of big business is to maximize profit. And therefore, you know, to protect their old investments, to protect their profit margins. And for that reason, they really hamper economic development. Um, so for us, I mean, that's the main issue in terms of, you know, a so socialist society. The main feature should be that big business must be socialized. It must be democratically owned and managed by the working class. Um, at the same time, of course, we believe that small industry and farming should continue to function in the private enterprise sector um, that you, you it would be a big mistake and and of course the soviet union is a good example of this it would be a big mistake to nationalize micro small and medium enterprises and of course farming 
I think we need to be able to distinguish between big business and, of course, those areas. Um, you know, and certainly the historical lesson shows it very definitely. Um, okay, so, um, and, and certainly in terms of Yugoslavia, I think they were very effective in terms of setting up cooperatives and, and, and for the working class to have that kind of autonomy. And that's a crucial issue, certainly, for to have these cooperatives that focus on the production of basic goods. Um, with regards to Cuba, um, well, I can tell you that in Namibia, we have a very positive view of the Cuban people. Certainly, the battle at Quito Cuenaval was decisive in terms of, you know, us becoming independent from apartheid South Africa and eventually also, of course, contributed to the end of apartheid in South Africa itself. So, we certainly admire the Cuban people for their courage at the Battle of Quito Cuenaval. If they were not present, we might have still today lived in a colonial society. We also think that Cuba is a very important example of the socialist project. We, in particular, think that we can learn so much from their urban farming and their focus on food, food production. With regards to Palestine, of course, you know, we grew up in an apartheid society and we certainly think that Israel is in a, an apartheid and a terrorist state and that the Palestinian people certainly deserve to have the right to self-determination, but it must be within a unitary and a socialist Palestinian state. Um, you know, so these are just some of our thoughts. Uh, we could certainly debate some of the other issues, the difference between socialism and communism, for example. For us, socialism is about, you know, the nationalization of the production systems. Communism, of course, goes much further in terms of the equality of consumption and perhaps even uh, in terms of uh, the kinds of professions that people would be engaged in, but that certainly is much, much more long-term, historically speaking. So for us at this stage, we see ourselves as socialists, and that is the main focus, you know, the nationalization of production. So, okay, so let us know what you think about some of these initial thoughts. Uh, we thought that we would, you know, just share with you some of our thinking around these issues as a way to perhaps set the framework for further questions when we Zoom. You know, me and Comrade Harry, of course, will be available for the Zoom section and we could set it up. But we hope that this is just the beginning of our discussion. Okay, so thanks for asking us and all the best. Thank you.